Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Well, today is February 25th. And if you're a listener of mine, you will notice that I use the dates to catalog each show. The last podcast that I did was February 12th. And I talked about why you should be using a kitchen designer, which I think is very important. And I did get a lot of comments on that. Uh, So my next podcast was going to be the following week. And I was going to talk about what the next step would be after you have your kitchen designed or design it yourself, if that's what you want. Well, unfortunately, I did have a little stumbling block. Um, If you've Again, listen to me, or if you listen to my show from October 20th, I talked about the um, health issues that my husband is having, and last week we had a little uh, stumbling block, but we're over that now, and that's why I skipped that week. So here we are. We're going to talk about what is the next step after you design your kitchen. Well, obviously, the next step is to get it done. So you have to decide if you're going to do it yourself or if you're going to get a contractor. Now, if you do it yourself and you're not a professional remodeler, guess what? It's probably going to take you six months, a lot of aggravation, and a lot of time. So I always suggest to people to just go to the professionals so that you can get it done in a timely fashion. And also, if you have any problems, they take care of it. You don't have to do it. So again, if you're not a professional remodeler or builder, don't even try it yourself. So what do you do now? Well, you got to figure out what your budget is. Now, hopefully you've decided why you want to remodel and you started the project in the first place and you discussed the why with your designer. Is the kitchen outdated? Do you not have enough room? Do you want to show off to your friends and neighbors how beautiful your kitchen could be? Or do you entertain a lot. It's, um, it doesn't have the room. So you either have to decide to move out the walls or remove some walls and move into the footprint of your house. So once that's done and now it's designed, you've got to decide how much you want to spend. Uh, everybody has a budget. I don't care who you are. Could be the richest guy in the world. You've got to have some kind of budget. So How much can you spend? Well, be realistic about this, but then don't be to the point where you're going to spend too much and not get it back. Um, So check out the neighborhood. Your ROI is very important. Yes, we all want to have a gorgeous kitchen, but if you're going to spend way more than what the neighborhood is worth, you might as well just stay in your house and decide to spend the rest of your life there and have a happy kitchen. So that's up to you. But when you do have the money, whether you're borrowing it or you have this big nest egg that you'd like to spend it on, there are three important points when you're putting your budget together or when you're putting your project together. And like I said, one of them is budget. The other one is space. Space is important. If you have a small kitchen and you've always dreamed of a huge refrigerator and a huge um, stove... It's not going to fit. So you have to get realistic or move the walls. So space is very important. Think about how much space you use to prep, how many people you want to be in the kitchen um, with you when you're cooking, and how many appliances you need. And also lifestyle is important. So there's three important points, budget, space, and lifestyle. Again, if you don't cook, 
Don't spend a lot of money on your appliances. If you don't entertain and it's just you or another person living with you, do you really need a huge kitchen? Unless you entertain, think about your lifestyle. And if, it, if you're a quiet person and you pop something in the microwave, well, there you go. You've just uh, figured out that you don't have to spend a lot of money on a big kitchen. So the next step, once you have your money in place, is to uh, think about appliances. Nothing gets designed really unless you know what appliances you want. Now, you don't have to be specific on the brand. You can still do your homework. But again, size-wise, do you need that uh, 48- or 60-inch wide refrigerator? Do you need that 48-inch freestanding range? Or can you live with a 30-inch range? How many ovens do you need? Do you ever use a microwave? Maybe you want to think about speed cooking. This is all very important in coming up with a plan. So uh, if you know if you know already what the uh, appliances are that you would like, make a list and go shopping. I would suggest that you go to a very reputable appliance um, showroom. Uh, if you are working with a builder, then he would suggest where to go. And talk to the salesperson, explain how you cook, explain what kind of appliances you're thinking of to make your life easier, and share your wish list with him. I think that's probably one of the first steps you have to do. Once you've done your research on your appliances, guess what? There's a lot of other decisions you have to make. Let's talk about the cabinetry. Decide what kind of style you are. Are you uh, contemporary? transitional, traditional. There's so many different divisions. Maybe your modern farmhouse. Start looking at pictures of kitchens and decide which ones you liked. Maybe you can take a little bit from one plan and a little couple of ideas from another plan and put it all together. There again, your professional designer comes into play with this. So then the next step would be countertops and backsplash. And don't forget the flooring. And then there's the faucets and the sinks. Again, like I said before, a lot of different um, decisions that you have to make. An important decision would be lighting. There's the worst thing you can do is walk into a kitchen that's very dark. You have to think about your task lighting, your general lighting, your ambient lighting. And if this all sounds foreign to you, I would suggest that you talk to a lighting um, consultant. Of course, I'm going to talk about Premier Lighting. They have consultants that would work with you on your new plan, or even if you're not remodeling, talk to a lighting consultant and get some ideas on how you can brighten up your house, get a whole new look by adding different fixtures and different light bulbs. Premier Lighting is your quintessential place to get some help with lighting. And you can go on their website. It's shoppremier.com. You can call them. The phone number's right on the website. They're located in Scottsdale. And you can tell them that you need help. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need help. Can you come to my house? And they would be more than willing to help you. Or you can go into their showroom located in Scottsdale on Scottsdale Road and explain to them what you need. Now, if you do not live in Arizona, guess what? They will ship 
uh, items and fixtures to you. So you can go on their website and you can get some help from them and order. So back to your kitchen. It's so important to do your lighting. You know, and why I brought up the lighting is, think about this. Uh, In the newer kitchens, we're doing a lot of lighting under cabinets, inside cabinets, under toe kicks, so you can really change the mood of the kitchen and use the proper lighting fixtures. Um, The one important thing that you really have to do when you're doing this design is to be timeless in your design. Nobody ever wants a kitchen that's dated. And sometimes we fall into that slot where somebody will look at a kitchen and go, yeah, that was done in the 80s or the 90s or the 2000s. We all know that. We can just look at a picture of a kitchen and we know what year it was done. This is so obvious. Now, I'm seeing a lot of gray and a lot of wood flooring, tile wood flooring, tile that looks like wood or real wood, they're all starting to look the same. So if you want it to look like everybody else's, boy, you can pick up any magazine and copy it. Or if you want the individual look, put in things that you feel comfortable with, that you don't want anybody to say, oh yeah, you did this in 2020. Try to be a little more individual individualistic and different and unique. Now, consider an island. You may not have an island, and sometimes people really don't know how to fit an island into their kitchen. Again, the professional will help you. But islands are very important. I think they're one of the best things that we've added to the kitchen. Uh, You can use it as a working island. You can have a sink or a cooktop or none of those and just use it as a work island with seating there. If you don't have room for a kitchen table, you can consider seating um, and stay away from those high bar stools. That's just my two cents. Uh, That was really popular about 10 years ago, having a countertop come up to 42 inches above the floor as part of the island. I never did like that because then you need the higher bar stools. And if you have children, that's such a good way for them to fall off the uh, stool. And a lot of short people don't feel comfortable on those stools. So enough about that. Okay, now that for the most part you've picked all your choices, and even if you're not totally decided on the cabinetry or the countertop, you can still uh, go to the next step, getting the work done. You have to pick a design team, and you have to pick one wisely. Make sure that your contractor, if that's who you're using, has a license, is bonded and insured, and you want to get references for the project. You would like to feel comfortable with people that are coming into your home. So the best thing you can do is ask for the references and then go call the references. Um, Try to see if you can find out if the jobs went well, or let's face it, not every job is going to go well. But if the contractor came up with a solution and at the end of the job, everything was perfect, well, then he's still... um, He's still a good contractor. I would say don't throw him off your list yet. So you have to be comfortable with everybody that you have chosen to work with you on your project. 
And you also have to have to have a complete set of specifications. Now, this is a list of what you want in your kitchen. Nothing is written in stone, but you've got to be able to get bids. If you have the list, you give that same list to a couple of contractors so they can bid the job apples to apples. You don't want to say to one contractor, yes, I want to have this wall moved and I want to have this kind of flooring. And then with the next contractor say, yeah, we're not moving any walls and I'm going to go with a different flooring. So you could change at the end of the bid process, uh, but you have to actually pick out what you want and stay with it once you pick your contractor. So what you should understand how change orders work and why I'm saying um, decide on the items that you want on your project before they start working on the project because change orders cost a lot of money. A change order is something that is generated when, say, the cabinets are ordered or the appliances are ordered or the wall is moved and then you decide to change your mind. That actually costs you a lot of money and it also costs time. So that will move your finish date down the road somewhere. You don't ever want to really do that. Uh, so now's the time to learn how things work, but you don't want to be a contractor. You don't want to sit there while the project is being done. You don't want to talk to the subs. You have to learn the etiquette of having a, a remodel done in your house. All your communication should be with your contractor. I'm sure if you had the time, you would like to watch them, but you chose a contractor because you don't have the time. Maybe you have a job or you have six kids. So let them do their job. But you should be able to ask him questions and have uh, scheduled meetings maybe once or twice a week with your contractor so that you can bring up items that you have questions on or maybe you have questions on what was done and possibly if it doesn't cost a lot of money, you can change your mind on that. But remember, uh, you could call, you could spend a lot of money and cause delays on the job if you keep changing your mind. Now, remember, there is light at the end of the tunnel, so you have to be really patient. Sometimes people don't understand that once you order the cabinets, the countertops just don't follow the next day. They all have to be measured, templated, and, of course, you've picked your materials before that, but they still have to be fabricated. And you're not, typically, you're not the only job that they're working on. So it might take 10 days to two weeks to get your countertops. This is what I mean about being patient. Everything follows, just like dominoes. So at the end of the project, you will have fun, you will enjoy your kitchen, but you have to be very patient. Well, I hope you learned something from this podcast. It uh, just doesn't happen automatically that you want your kitchen remodeled and boom, it's done. There's a lot of homework that you have to do. There's a lot of decisions you have to make, and there's a lot of patience that you have to have. So if you have any questions on this, you don't, uh, don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And hopefully, uh, if you're having a remodel, you're going to be happy with it. That's all I can say. Good luck. <laughs> so I will talk to you next time on another subject that would be very important to your home. In the meantime, have a great day. 